Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 to 23. Here Paul's talking about a pattern of self-denial in serving all men. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 to 23. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel, for if I do this willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel." For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more, and to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win Jews, to those who are under the law as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law, to those who are without the law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law, to the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Word of God for us this morning. So who are we trying to reach? That's the question. The Apostle Paul challenged Christians to relate to all people for the sake of spreading the gospel. The heart of Paul's message was that Christians learn to understand each individual so that we might share our faith with them effectively. Often, we overcomplicate our faith to express the relevance of the gospel. Other times, we only try to be understood instead of also trying to understand. I'm not sure we have this thing called evangelism quite right yet. You know, the tiny little command Jesus gave us? After all, what is the greatest commandment? God, what is really important? This. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisee got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with his question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're no longer just talking about inviting your neighbor to church or to a small group meeting, but we're talking about caring for them, watching out for them, meeting their needs if you have the means. There are four things we must realize and do to have effective evangelism. That's in order for people to become attracted to God. The first thing is, people will listen when I treat them like friends. How many of you have ever switched schools or maybe know someone who moved to your school during the school year? As children and even as adults, there's nothing more sought out than friendship. It's a great feeling. 
People need friends. And if you befriend someone, you can influence them for Christ. <coughs> the second thing is that I must realize that when I serve, hearts are touched. So often when we are in the middle of doing something nice for someone, we start to doubt what we're really accomplishing. But you are actually building credibility. Look past the present. What could this service mean for the kingdom? If you want to see someone's heart touched and you want an opportunity to share Christ with someone, do something for them. Maybe you have an elderly neighbor you can help out. Clean the gutters, mow their lawn, shovel some snow. Build a relationship with them. And when they ask why, simply tell them, I just want to show you God's love in a practical way. The third thing is understand that as I serve, I redefine the perception of a Christian. Believe it or not, Christians do not have the best credit with people on this planet. Many people will hate you just for being a Christian. But as we serve them, their understanding of what a Christian is will change. It will change from a person who they view as condemning and as a non-caring person to someone who reflects Christ's love. And the fourth thing is, doing the message precedes telling the message. We are familiar with the biblical term, harvest. You know, unless we do the message, we will not win the harvest. We want to reap a harvest for God. If we want lost souls to receive the peace and love that accompany a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then we must first plant the fields. Doing the message, taking it to the lost in a form, visible form, is planting the seeds. Servant evangelism isn't simply telling people the message. It is showing them it in a practical way. Seems easy enough, doesn't it? However, for many, evangelism is the hardest part of their relationship with Christ. Our neglect of evangelism is a big concern to all of us. It is intimidating due to its consequences. What if I mess up? What if my failure, my shortcoming, my lack of memory leads someone in the wrong direction and destroys their eternal soul? Well, let's consider a few of those thoughts today that might help us realize that evangelism, evangelism can actually be something we look forward to having the opportunity to do. Here are two biblical facts about bringing your loved ones to Christ. Fact number one. Nobody encounters the message of Jesus unless somebody who already knows Jesus introduces you to him. Sometimes the first doesn't last. We too often think of evangelism as a one-shot sales pitch. If they don't get it today, there may not be a tomorrow. But according to the harmony of the Gospels, Peter did not immediately drop his nets and follow Jesus at this time his first meeting with Christ. Look at John chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. The first thing he did after finding where Jesus lived was find his own brother Simon, telling him, We found the Messiah, 
that is Christ. He immediately led him to Jesus. Jesus took one look and said, You're John's son, Simon. From now on, your name is Cephas, Peter, which means rock. It may well have been three meetings with Christ before Peter truly believed. Like most of us, he needed multiple exposures to Christ. Every time you drop a seed, you create an opportunity. When you speak up and in any sense say, I have found the Messiah, a spiritual powerhouse is set in motion. You may not know the latest in soul-winning techniques or programs, but neither did Andrew or Peter or anyone else following Christ. And you know what? You don't really need a 13-week course teaching you what to say in every evangelistic circumstance. You can simply share four things. One, my life before I met Christ. Two, how I came to realize my need for Christ. Three, how I accepted Christ and what happened. Four, what Christ has done and is doing in my life. That's all Andrew really did. Read Paul's courtroom testimonies and acts and see if that's not the pattern he followed. Then there's another fact that should also take some pressure off you. Fact number two. Nobody becomes a Christian until they have a personal encounter with Jesus, a real experience of his power and presence. Here's Peter's conversion experience. This is Luke uh, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Once when he was standing on the shore of Lake Genesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. When he finished teaching, he said to Simon, Push out into the deep water and let your nets out for a cat. Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner said than done. A huge haul of fish strained the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in the other boat to come help them. They filled both boats, nearly swamping them with the catch. Simon Peter, when he saw it, fell to his knees before Jesus. Master, leave. I am a sinner and can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. When they pulled in the catch of fish, awe overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John, Zebedee's sons, co-workers with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, There is nothing to fear. From now on you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats up on the beach, left them, nets and all, and followed him. In order to be saved, people must experience his power and his holy presence. This is not something you nor I can artificially manufacture. When Christ meets a human need, they are inexplicably drawn to him. Notice this incident. Peter and his friends are fishing. This was their job. If there's no fish, no dinner on the table. Following the advice of a carpenter was something no self-respecting career fisherman would consider. Then look 
how the amount of fish broke the net and caused two boats to start to sink. Jesus moved in a way they had to listen to him. This was not just a good catch. This was record stuff. But notice one thing. They don't ask Jesus to become a partner. They could have made a lot of money with a talent like that. But when Jesus met their need, they adopted a whole new perspective. Life was no longer about survival. Does Jesus come into a person's life for the purpose of making them materially wealthy? Jesus comes into your life and meets a need in order that you might come to realize what Peter realized. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Jesus does this to make you realize he is the Messiah. He is not average. He is not just another teacher. He's not Santa Claus. People, Peter realized his sinfulness. A personal encounter with Jesus Christ will always result in this. Jesus is Lord and Master of your life. In conclusion, there are two simple requirements for evangelism. One, you must personally touch another person with your own experience with Christ. And two, Christ must personally touch that person whom you wish to reach. One you can manufacture by being alert, always ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you, but the other depends on him. Trust him to carry his end of the responsibility. There is no better example on how to interact with the people in the world than studying Jesus Christ. Let's close with a prayer today. Lord, use us this week. Use us to bring the gospel to others through our words and actions. We know that people can only have faith through your word. We ask that you are not only with us as we minister to others, but that you will be with those whom we minister to. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Mm -hmm.